Hi there, Ishu here and welcome to this episode of The Higher Life, where I take concepts that are considered spiritual, esoteric and new age and unpack how you can apply these practically to empower your life. That is to be able to live your life in a way that you feel more in charge, that you experience higher levels of happiness, prosperity and fulfillment. Because at the heart of things as human beings, this is what we are constantly seeking, to really experience higher levels of happiness, of of fulfillment and an overall sense that we're living our best possible life. However, we don't often have the education on how to do this. Our education system has really been based on helping us function in the material world. That is being able to go out into the practical parts of our lives and be able to survive materially. And we do make a clear distinction around this at the Higher Life Academy that we actually exist on three levels of reality. And most of the time we're only really aware of one of them, and that is the material reality or the consensus reality. But more and more, we're coming to understand that we also have what would be called a creative or emotional reality. And we have even a a higher up reality, which is our spirit or essence nature reality. Now, of course, if you haven't been through the same sort of education process and training process that I have over the last 20 years, this will be new to you and it will be somewhat weird to take on board. But it's really important because when we are doing this work, that is we're seeking to empower our lives, we're actually traveling between realities and we're moving away from just viewing our life in a, a very material or practical sense to understanding how our emotional reality works or our creative reality, because they are one and the same. Most of our creativity, if not all of it, stems out of the fact that we have an emotional nature that we can tap into and that our perception is altered by our capacity to feel and to sense things. And then we have this essence nature, what's called our spiritual self, which is this eternal aspect of us that is effectively the most powerful and the strongest part of the what makes up our self. And this is so important to understand when we explore today's topic. What is vulnerability? And is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I mean, I know we don't want to get into good and bad, but you know, there's a lot of confusion, I believe, around vulnerability and its role in our life. Now, when I do these uh, free teachings, I'm usually unpacking something that has shown up in my life or in the uh, work that I do with clients recently. And I have been reading a book called uh, Daring Greatly, which I think is very popular from Brene Brown, which focuses a lot on this concept of vulnerability. So it really uh, sort of triggered in me this need to unpack this theme a little bit more, especially in the context of personal empowerment. Where does vulnerability sit in this process? Now, the thing is, we are vulnerable and we're not vulnerable. We have this overall or overarching need to transcend our vulnerabilities. So in a lot of uh, discussions around vulnerability, we talk about control. And that is, is that as human beings, we've kind of been conditioned from early on in our lives to control our environment, to minimize our vulnerability. Now, what does that actually mean? Well, obviously, 
You only need to be on the planet for a little while to understand that you were born into a physical body and that this physical body is limited and is on some level extremely fragile. You can break parts of it. It can fail you in all sorts of ways that are beyond your control. That is, you're kind of inside this vehicle and this vehicle is not indestructible. It will die. These are things that we fundamentally know to be true and it creates a sensation. The awareness and all these words are so powerful. The awareness that we are born into a vehicle, a body that is limited and that can be harmed. It can be painful to be in this body. Other people can physically create sensations of pain in your body. So it's very natural and normal to feel vulnerable being in a body. And I say that because in a way, when we're talking about this path of personal transformation, what we're really saying is that we are an energetic matter that exists inside a limited form called a body. And the awareness that we have of ourselves is through this body. So although we're an awareness, we believe that we are only this physical experience of awareness in our body. And this body is fragile and vulnerable. That is a fact. That is a truth. We will die. So this feeling or this sensation called fear that is related to the fact that we live in this fragile body is a real thing. So when we talk about being vulnerable and that fear around being vulnerable, that is the real aspect of vulnerability. And if you are only uh, living with this belief that all you are is what happens in this physical body, then of course you are going to experience being in the world as a very scary place because you don't know when your body might fail you. You can't control if somebody else harms it, no matter how hard you try. Even as parents, how hard do we try to protect our children from this natural vulnerability that exists because they're young, they're un. Um, ill-equipped to deal with lots of things that the world will bring towards them. And we want to develop within them a resilience that is a capacity to be in the world and know what's coming and deal with what's coming. But when we talk about this resilience, we're not really referring to their physical resilience. Sure, we might think about uh, developing their, their bodies to be more physically fit, and that's an important part of being healthy. But when we talk about resilience, we're usually talking about a different type of strength, an emotional strength. And this takes us into the next level of reality that I discussed earlier. So we've naturally moved out of only viewing ourselves as this physical body that is fragile, that can be harmed and hurt and has a, an end date. You know, the fact that we will die creates this sense of uncertainty and insecurity. And insecurity and vulnerability are one and the same thing. The fact that we can't be certain about how things are going to turn out, that we don't know when we're going to die, that we don't know which part of our body might fail us. They're all, you know, it's a very wise person that is aware of that as being true. So when you, um, transcend vulnerability. You're not transcending the ability for your body to be harmed. And that's incredibly important. The transcending of vulnerability 
which we use control to do when we're not very skilled as human beings, is something that starts to occur more in this emotional level, our capacity to feel and to sense and to perceive, which becomes part of that mind-emotion uh, relationship, is not happening in this material. It's a different level of reality and we're all aware of that. So what vulnerability means and is, is different when we're talking about the material world, our physical capacity of being in the world and our emotional world. Now, when children are born into family systems, what actually happens is they're born into an overload of sensation, of which emotion is one of those sensations, without the capacity to understand what each of these emotions and sensations is about. So if you're just a feeling being without any awareness of what a feeling is, um, it can be, I imagine, an extremely overwhelming experience that babies and young kids may go through. And as we get older, we forget what that's like. So even though we went through it ourselves, we don't really remember the rawness of that experience. So a natural human capacity or inner resourcefulness we have is what would be deemed a survival instinct or a way of adapting and maladapting um, our energy to meet whatever conditions or experiences we're going through. It's a talent, but as a baby, it's an unharnessed, unskilled, untrained talent. So what young babies and what young children do is their energy just adapts naturally to survive whatever situation they're in or to thrive in whatever situation they're in. And if you were born into a difficult or dysfunctional family system, which many of us are simply because that's where we're at in humanity, we don't have the maturity in the way that we function as human beings to really offer our children yet an experience of being really held and loved and accepted the way they are because we don't do that for ourselves and that's another video. So when children are born they're physically vulnerable, they're also energetically vulnerable, they're very open to whatever they're born into and therefore their energy patterns will be greatly impacted by the environment. So if you're born into a high conflict environment your energy patterns as a baby and as a young child will adjust to that and adapt and survive in that situation and, and be become patterned. So it'll become a way that this baby child come, becomes an adult, they will deal with similar situations to what they experienced when they were young in the same way because that's how their energy has been patterned. So the vulnerability that we talk about at an emotional level is usually what we call triggered selves. That is, you have developed a dysfunctional energetic pattern or way of engaging with conflict, for example, or the absence of affection or um, a loss or an unavailable parent, emotional neglect, which is one of the biggest uh, sources of these triggered selves or these triggered patterns that we grow up with that make us vulnerable. Now, why do they make us vulnerable? Because they're relational, which means a baby is born into a relationship system. Therefore, emotionally, they adapt or maladapt to the emotional nature of that family system. Therefore, when they go out and relate to others or enter into relationships or participate in relationship systems, it will trigger the pattern that is familiar to them. So if you grow up in a high conflict family environment and your pattern of dealing with that was to um, 
hold the emotional pain for everyone in the family that wasn't able to do it for themselves. You will grow up with a relational style in which you will do that in other relationships. And that makes you vulnerable to relationship. So the emotional vulnerability that we have as human beings is called enmeshment. It means that our capacity or our skill of relating is shaped by the early experiences that we had with our primary caregivers and first family system, whatever that is like. If it's an institution, it's an institution. But that is your relational style has been shaped by that experience and therefore how you go out and relate to others will mirror that experience. And that's why we have uh, cycles of experiences in relationships. How many clients I've had that have had you know, will come to me and say, I keep having the same type of relationship with my boss, with my partners, with my children. It feels like I can't escape the way I'm relating or the, the nature of relationships. I'm always with people who are a little bit needy or dominant or uh, unavailable. I think we all understand what I'm getting at here. So here's where it gets super interesting. We can transcend our vulnerability in this level of reality. So unlike our physical nature, we will not die if somebody harms us emotionally. We will not die if we experience incredibly dark and sticky sensations like fear, like shame. These are things that we do experience, but we have a natural resilience. We stay alive. Okay, so that is so important for us to understand that being able to transcend your vulnerability is a real thing. Now, what happens is because in our physical environment, control is actually a very effective strategy to uh, keep us safe. That is, you know, the more controlled your environment is, for example, if we put kids in a play center, there are things that the center will do to ensure the safety of those children based on past experience of what is unsafe. How smart is that? We have safety measures in place for people working in potentially dangerous working environments to keep them safe. It is logical, it is pragmatic, it makes sense that in our physical environment, our material world, controlling our environments does keep you safe and is a smart thing to do. However, what we have done is taken that strategy and used it in a different level of reality, our emotional reality, where it isn't, doesn't serve in the same way. Now, this is interesting because our true power does not exist in the material reality at all. We're not powerful. Even though we think we are, we don't really have any power in that reality because we will die. So we can't transcend the one thing that we want to, which is the fear of being non-existent. You know, that will happen. However, in our emotional worlds, this control becomes self-defeating. Because we are afraid or fearful of the feeling state that we had when we were babies, we learned how to use a strategy that we think minimized the impact on us, such as you know, one that's close to home for me is the pleaser. If I can just make sure that everyone in my family is okay, then they won't behave the way they're behaving and I won't suffer the consequences of it. If 
I can just help the people in my family be less negative, if I can correct their perception, their mindset, then they won't feel so bad and they won't um, maybe behave in ways that make me feel afraid of being in relationship with them and what it will mean for me. So I'll just do what I can to make sure that they feel better. We all know this. Are these patterns at play. So this is very harming for the other person and for me. And it means that if I go into relationships, my relational style will be naturally to overcompensate for someone else's feelings, to want to fix or change their feeling state so that I won't have to suffer the consequences of it. And you can see how this becomes a power struggle relationship. One that I've had to work very hard at extricating myself from because I'm often a mother. I'm mainly a mother. And you know, the idea that my children might be harmed by somebody else's behavior or might not be feeling good, that really triggers my pleaser, my overcarer, the person who holds the emotional, um, the unpro unprocessed emotions for the people I'm in relationship to. So you can see how trying to control or use a control strategy in the emotional reality isn't really serving and helping as it did in the material reality. So we do have this natural desire to transcend our vulnerability, something that we cannot do in the material reality, but something we very much can do in our emotional sensation reality. And that is learning that our relational style has been born out of an enmeshment, which is a natural thing when you're born into a family system and you rely on the adults for your survival. However, as we mature into adults, the, the task is in order to transcend our vulnerability, that is to transcend our belief, because it's just a belief that we can be harmed by the emotional experiences of another person, um, is something that is a really requires a real focus and it requires a new education and skill set on how to um, disentangle yourself from enmeshment and enmeshed relationships so that you can then have very healthy relationships in which you are self-reliant. Now self-reliant doesn't mean that you take care of all your material needs by yourself, which is often what it is called and is why we have so much divorce really, because we have this belief that in order to transcend our vulnerability, therefore not be affected by the negative impact of another person, we need to leave our marriages. Because most people's struggles in a marriage beyond the people who are suffering from real abuse are emotional in nature. That is, we feel unmet emotionally by our partners. We feel unsupported emotionally by our relationships, something that women feel significantly more than men, I believe, simply because they're more aware of the need for it, not because they need it more. And that's a very important thing. So a lot of our relationship breakdowns within our family systems comes from this really fundamental belief that you can be harmed by emotions. Now, emotions can be difficult to process. They're not that they're not uncomfortable. They really are. But you actually have the capacity as an adult to hold your emotions, no matter how extremely you're feeling them and actually to develop your own capacity to meet that emotion, to nurture it, to give it what it needs so that it can move forward. And this is true power. So once you have the capacity to do this, to live in a truly empowered way, then you have really transcended vulnerability. And I believe in, in Brene Brown's book, which I haven't finished yet, she's speaking more to this emotional vulnerability that we have and daring greatly 
would be this capacity to really be accountable for your own emotional experience and to extricate yourself out of these relational experiences that we have where we're fearful about the, um, the I guess, the way other people interact with us. Now, there are many cases in which another person's emotional experience or their inability to process it does create violence. And a lot of domestic violence, most violence, is triggered out of an incapacity to meet your own emotional experience. So there is a direct relationship between them. But in today's episode, I'm unpacking how vulnerability works in an everyday person's life who's not in these really extreme situations. Because when you're in an extreme situation, the kind of tools that I'm working with and helping you to understand may not be uh, the best tools for you at that time. You may need something that is really more survival driven. So what I'm talking about here is when you're not living in a high conflict abusive situation, but you do feel threatened, you feel vulnerable, this is when it's really important for you to unpack vulnerability and understand the true nature of the vulnerability that you're experiencing. Is it something that you can transcend or is it something that you simply need to accept like physical limitation, like energy limitation? That's a huge one for me. You know, I get very burnt out in terms of my role as a mother and my role as a coach, trying to do everything, trying to make sure that my children's needs are completely met, but also continue on my pathway of developing this education, which gives me a lot of joy. And I forget that I have limited energy. And it, you know, it really catches me out all the time where I just become this really resentful, bitter person in my relationships, especially with my partner and my children on, on one level, because I just don't have the energy to, re to meet the expectations that I've unconsciously set for myself. Um, and it takes a lot of work to realize that and to pull back. So in finishing this episode for today, because vulnerability, you know, we can go a lot deeper into the spiritual aspect, you know, but I'm just gonna probably nail that in, in a very quick way. Where vulnerability does not exist at all is in the essence, nature, reality, or your spiritual self, which is eternal. And it requires another video. But that is why in the empowered way or in all spiritual teachings, the, the pathway to empowerment is to travel back to your most true self, the self that is completely unconditioned, that doesn't actually exist as a self, and therefore has absolutely no vulnerability to it at all. It can't be attacked, it can't die, it can't be harmed, it is just invincible, it is nothingness. So, um, you know, really, and I think Rupert Spira, who I've been talking about recently, but really just because he's a teacher in the non-duality, that is the teaching of non-duality. There is a place where there is eternal happiness, eternal bliss, eternal strength, absence of vulnerability, and that is the true self. So if you're interested in that, you might want to explore some videos on non-duality or the true self. However, it's very um, esoteric in its own way. It's very complicated if you haven't done the work in between. So on a final note, what is this daring greatly? What is this work that we need to do? And I do think it's maybe less about daring greatly and more about do the work. We need to do the work on ourselves. Every single human being needs to consider the enmeshment that plays out in their own relationships and how they are a player within it. We are all born into enmeshment. We all relate 
through an enmeshed relating style. There are very few people on the planet who relate from an empowered relating style. It's a process from enmeshment to empowerment. The whole, I think, world of psychology is really opening up to this now in relationship psychology, system psychology, systems coaching. It's all about family systems and the way our relational styles are cultivated within our family system. So look at the emotional nature of the family system that you grew up in. Were emotions excessive? Were they restrained? Were your emotional needs met? Were they neglected? Was there abuse? You need to understand these things really clearly so that you understand what your relational style is because it'll be unconscious and you need to make it conscious. And it requires a real focus and a commitment to going through the process of personal transformation. So if you're looking to move away from living in a very high anxiety, vulnerable state to an empowered, calm, joyful, confident state, you want to be walking the path of personal transformation. And I can help you do that. So if you're interested, check out our masterclasses at Higher Life Academy. There's a free one that will kickstart your spiritually driven life and a very reasonable paid masterclass called The Empowered Way that will set you up to do this work. Or if you'd just like to have a chat, reach out to me at info at higherlifeacademy.com or simply subscribe and stay uh, tuned in. Next week, I'm going to talk about what is anxiety because it's absolutely related to vulnerability and we are perceiving ourselves to be in a high anxious period of time. But I really think that this has a lot to do with a misconception about what vulnerability is and a lack of education on how to transcend it. So until next time, take care and love life.